0: Welcome to the Dr. Heidi podcast, coming to you from Carver, Massachusetts, from personal to business and everything in between. Dr. Heidi touches on it all. Each episode draws on her experience from the classroom to the real world, helping individuals and organizations grow to their fullest potential. To keep up to date and be a part of Dr. Heidi's community, be sure to follow Dr. Heidi on Instagram at Heidi Gregory Mina. Now,
1: here's your host,
0: Dr. Heidi.
1: Dr. Heidi. And I'm excited to have with us today Victoire. Victoire would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Tomorrow's Daughter? Yeah sure so first of all thank you so much for having me.
2: So oh my god like I guess what do you what do you want to know about myself before I get stuck into Tomorrow's Daughter? What would be most?
1: Anything maybe like a little bit of background what what made you kind of want to start this and kind of what was the road that led up to it?
2: okay brilliant yeah
1: so I'm originally French grew up in
2: Australia based in the UK um, and been here for the last 10 years um, and on a I guess on a personal level I'm married to a lovely Englishman Ross <laughs> I've got three tiny children so I do juggle quite a lot at home my eldest <laughs> is four and my youngest is 18 months um, my youngest and...
1: is three <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> so it's it's quite a handful um, <laughs> and I also um, do two things so I'll I guess my baby is tomorrow's daughter so i'll walk you through that but i also work for hilton the hotel group where i head up um leadership development executive coaching uh, for the business across uk and ireland and also in particular talent management so really supporting that succession planning piece um, tomorrow's daughter so oh gosh i mean i don't even know where to start basically it came about a couple years ago um and it came from a space of Two, I guess, two things. The first is my love for coaching. So, my whole background uh, for the last decade has been in leadership development. Um, I've worked in lots of different industries, ranging from mining and construction through to social housing through to now hospitality. Um, and As I went through that journey, I basically did quite a lot of coaching. And coaching, I think for me, has been such an enabling tool, one for myself experiencing it, but also seeing people go through that process. So spent a lot of time, energy, research, studies, got all the diplomas, et cetera. Um, So that's a real passion of mine. But actually, Tomorrow's Daughter is cemented as something a bit deeper uh, for me, which is really my, from a space of care, uh, care for society and care for equality in the world. Um, So I'm one of four girls. um, So I've always been empowered to be the best person that I can be. And my parents have always been extremely, Um, supportive of that, engaging, you know, pushing me to be my best self. So I've never really questioned what it means to be a woman in a world in which actually, let's face it, we're not equal in terms of what we take on. You know, if you look at gender balance, gender pay gap, everything, there's there's a lot um, that isn't quite fair. And I've never really questioned it um, until recently, um, where since I've become a mum, I think for me, it really came to fruition that my career has stalled, um, that I've had to focus on different things, that I do take on a lot of mental load that perhaps as much as my husband would like to he's just isn't wide in the same way and perhaps it stems from the fact that you know your childbearing years you're so invested in your child for that time mm-hmm. so tomorrow's daughter um came about because i wanted to make a difference for women and having recently become a mum that really came to light for me um so it is a business which is really focused on driving gender balance in the workplace through the provision of coaching solutions so I look at offering lots of different things, but in particular, for example, uh, parental leave packages, Um, very mindful that when we go off on leave, whether we're a man or a woman, it sets us back, our confidence is impacted, but actually we want so much when we get back into the business, and sometimes the business isn't ready for us. Um, So offering coaching through that transition phase of going off on leave as you return is really important. So offer coaching on that front, I also offer leadership coaching, which is really focused on Career progression, mm-hmm. excitingly, um, from the clients I've had, I've had like a seventy percent success rate in terms of that program of people being promoted into senior roles on the back of um, finishing it. And also, I want to be really unpicking that kind of unconscious bias in the workplace yeah. and um, looking at group coaching at a very senior level, bringing in men and women into the conversation. So those, I guess, are a couple of examples of things that I do when it comes to tomorrow's daughter.
1: And the that idea is, is absolutely away. yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic and one of the things that really resonate with me what you were talking about was, you know, becoming a mother was kind of the catalyst and for me this whole idea of intersectionality, gender biases in the workplace, all of that stems way back cuz that was actually what I did my dissertation on. And mm. yeah, so it's something that I'm personally very passionate about. But like you, when I became a mother, It even brought it to another level of thinking of what's the future going to look like for her. I want her to feel empowered. I want her to know she's capable of anything, that she's equal with everybody else, that she doesn't have to worry about, you know, pay discrepancies and things like that. And it's unfortunate that we've made in some areas great strides, but in other areas, we've still seen very little progress, especially at our senior management level here in the us it's still predominantly male positions and i was just having a conversation with somebody a couple of days ago about this and they said for women you know it even begins at before we even have a child because we're already starting to think about you know we're getting into those a, that age. We want to, you know, start thinking about developing a family. And when we think about the balancing act that it really does take, and like you said, as much as our husbands are wonderful and they try to step in, it's just not quite the same. And so one of the things that research has really shown is that women pull back in their careers yeah. already before They have a child because they're starting to prepare themselves and kind of mentally get ready um and sometimes they don't even realize it it can be a very unconscious step that they take and so i think bringing this to light and making people more consciously aware of what their actions are because really what what we want people to do is we have to say to women you, you go right through to the to the end, you you power through, you run your career, it doesn't matter if you're going to have a child, you take the leave then that you're allotted, um, and then you decide what your next steps are going to be, but you don't hinder your career prior to that, just because you might be anticipating that this is coming down the road. It's so interesting
2: what you say, and I, I guess the first point is it what you're talking about in terms of your daughter and what you want for the future, that's mm-hmm. for me why tomorrow's order is so important it's not just yeah. about empowering women today it's about giving back to the daughters of tomorrow and mm-hmm. actually making a difference and i think in terms of that unconscious or i guess conscious bias i think it becomes more and more conscious probably in your 20s as you start to make those career decisions Yeah. i think the thing is it's ingrained from a very young age you know mm-hmm. you look at the books the stories that we're told as much as we are definitely shifting you're you know I'm, I'm now reading books to my children about gender neutral and you know, and I think that's come a long way, but there is still stigma. Very subtle subliminal messaging that comes mm-hmm. whether it's from our grandparents from our parents what they've what they've seen and done, and yeah. I think that definitely then unconsciously like leads us as women to yeah take a step back to to perhaps Mm -hmm. stall to perhaps think oh should I be pursuing my career and what's the impact of that and then there's the other side I see women who have chosen to pursue their career and they get into their early 40s and realize oh my goodness I've lost my purpose in life I did want to be a mum and now it feels almost too late and what does that Mm -hmm. mean for me and and then there are also some women who don't want to be a parent and and then that also brings up so many questions around, do I fit in in society? Do I feel equal? Do I get the same rights as other women and other parents? So I think there's so much in there, right? In terms of that, those biases that you, yeah, that you see, so it's interesting you mentioned that.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's absolutely true. And I'm definitely, I fall in that middle category because I pushed my career and I went, you know, till I felt really comfortable and secure in my career before I had a child. So I've had my child a little bit later in life. And it was part of me definitely thought about, you know, if I had her earlier in life, you know, with how would things have changed with my career? Would things? But I wanted to make sure that I had positioned myself in such a way that if I stepped away from the workplace for a period of time, that I had established enough Mm. credentials and enough background and enough validity behind myself that stepping back in wouldn't be questioned, even if I took a little bit of time, or even if I decided to come back part-time. And so for me, that was definitely something I considered a path that I took. And I know throughout my career, I've definitely encountered both age and gender discrimination in the workplace. Mm. And I had a, right along these lines of what we're talking about, I had a job interview, I won't name the company, but I was through to the last round of interviews. And you know, I felt really excited about the position. It was gonna be more of a senior level position. And it was something that I really thought that I would want and walked away from that last interview saying, you know, you get that gut feeling, you're like, wow, I think I got this. But then Friday came and I never got that call. And I was like, I was questioning things and I was like, all right, well, I guess maybe I didn't. And then, you know, shortly after I was told I didn't get the position and I would say I was a little bit surprised. And I was like, I'm not usually off on those type of things. And I bumped into the um, my potential manager um, Mm -hmm. one day at the PRU just kind of walking around in Boston and she was getting coffee. I was walking by and we saw each other and we stopped and we chatted and she said, Oh, I'm so sorry. You didn't get the position. We were really rooting for you. And I said, Oh yeah. I said, I was very excited and I was a little sad to hear it too. And she goes, yeah, she goes, it's just that upper management was um, concerned because you definitely were more in the op- chances that you might go out on maternity leave in the near future versus the other candidate. Gosh. And so that's, really what it came down to and to hear that being said aloud was just so you know you think these things you know it happens in society you, but then you hear it and it just brings things to a whole new level of reality and nothing and people always said to me like why didn't you do anything? what can you do well, there was nothing, and that's situ- that's the problem. I didn't work for the organization. Mm-hmm. They didn't disclose it to me if I went back. they're not going to say, oh, yes, that was right what she just said. Um, you know, she said it in a friendly, passing manner that really there's not much you can do with that. I'm so sorry you've experienced that. but yeah. the sad
2: reality is i'm I'm not surprised that yeah. even came. I think what surprised me is actually it was said to you so openly right. So in some ways, yeah. like, that's interesting that that was mm-hmm. a space where she felt she could voice that to you yeah. Um it doesn't make it okay though does it no and I think I think there are there are so many it's interesting actually because even in the, the women that I coach at the moment some of them have younger teams, and even within those coaching conversations it's like I have three of my team members that are going on maternity leave and it's almost this like I'm really happy for them but also I'm not so thrilled about it and yeah it, you know, and I think it's it's okay to talk about, okay, what are the implications of someone going yeah. off of maternity leave, yeah. and the problem is because it's not equal in terms of parental leave, everything that we offer, it does make it more difficult to manage and I think for me, one thing that I really want to be influencing because of my leadership development background is how do you manage as a leader a team of individuals no matter their background, but in a fair way, and in a way that actually is also personalized. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you think about someone that is going off a maternity leave, don't check out on them. It's not because they're pregnant that you need to check out on them. And also, when they come back, it's not because they've not been in touch with the organization, let's say, you know, in the UK, you can take up to a years leave that Mm -hmm. when they come back, they are wanting to have you know, just flexible working and go part time and have those conversations, but also they're not fully committed and can't take on extra projects. Like what I'm seeing is women who come back from maternity leave, they are so hungry. And I think that the leadership that is offered to them isn't appropriate. So then you've got a lot of turnover, people who suddenly realize, well, actually I've come back, I was hungry, the business can't keep up with me. And actually Mm -hmm. Heidi, it's really interesting because I'm feeling that now, you know, I've come back from maternity leave, close to a year ago now, but I am so hungry. I absolutely love what I do. I'm in a position where I love working for a large corporation because it means that I can also influence at, on a global level, even if I'm a minimal you know, employee mm-hmm. on a large scale, but, and I also have my business, this works for me, but there are conversations. I can tell the fact that I run my business on the side. They're like, oh, is she fully committed? And mm-hmm. in this conversation recently, it's Victoire, you are, you are delivering too much almost you're too fast paced we can't keep up and that then makes me feel inadequate and Mm -hmm. what I need is someone that says you have so much to give let's let's make space for you let's get you into those right conversations those places where you can positively impact in our business so oh so many mixed mixed experiences right in terms of being a woman no matter where you're at in in your journey I guess um along the way for sure
1: and I and I definitely agree that you know we we see it here even in the us um we don't get nearly the maternity leave that you're allotted in yes. the uk but still it's it's a, it's a significant enough time that you can feel detached from the organization um during that time and but when you do come back you do need to have those conversations and i and i get it being also on the business side of things and being in those shoes i understand the worry, the trepidation of, this is great, we're happy for you, but we still need to get XYZ accomplished. How do we do this? And like you said, just open open doors, open lines of communication, I think can solve a lot of those issues. And I think from an employer standpoint, the wondering too, are they going to come back? Do they know what they're mm. going to do? Just have the conversation. And you know, as a new mother, some mothers may not know. Some mothers may go into maternity leave saying, Oh, I'm coming right back at the end and I'm gonna go right back to work. And, you know, after the child's born, there is a transformation that kind of happens that they might rethink that and say, well, we want a little bit more time, or yes, we want to come back, but we don't want to work the overtime or the extra projects, as you said. Um, And we need to be flexible enough and prepared enough as managers and leaders to work with that individual and find them the right position. And you know, there are some amazing, like I can look at some great organizations here in the US that do amazingly well with this. And they really work to saying, okay, the right person in the right position, and they understand what that means and they understand how to work with their workforce. But for as many great companies there are, there's probably 10 companies that have no idea how to do that. And that's the sad reality of it and educating them and getting them up to speed, regardless if it's a woman gender issue or any other issue that we're facing in the workforce these days, that's creating barriers Um, managers and for us in the US we have always been predominantly, leadership has been masculine. So mm-hmm. that's something our society is completely working up against. And we, I just had a conversation last night. Um, a student asked me, they said, you know, do you think this has changed that much since like, say, 1995? And I mm-hmm. said, the sad reality, not enough. And I said, but you have to understand when you have a culture that is embedded from generation to generation to generation and you're just starting to make changes to change that fundamental level of thinking within a society you can you can say 10 years 20 years we've made strides but we can honestly say that shift is still in its infancy
0: and i said it's
1: it's scary to say that but we really have to think about where did we start? Where are we going? And how how do we get there? And how do we get there a little bit faster? Um, yeah. And there's really no, until we get more women in senior leadership, I don't see that significantly changing, because we, we have a top down approach, we have a top down management approach here in the US. Yeah. And because of that, We are going to continue to feel that more masculine dominated culture coming through than we are going to see a feminine culture coming through until there's some balance.
2: Yeah, 100 percent. And, you know, lean and organization also talks about actually what's interesting is, yes, we do need more women in senior leadership Mm -hmm. roles. But at the moment, you know, for every woman that's been promoted to a director level, you've got two women leaving the business. And actually, there's a broken rung at entry level manager roles. So how mm. do we get those women in a space where they feel that they that it is a career progression for them, that it does feel right. But I think it's it's not just humor. like I guess it's not just personal or organizational, it's systemic, you know, and it, it has it's like at a government level, we need every government to come together and rethink how we're working and because we're such a capitalist way of operating the world you know it's difficult to shake those grounds but i think there is so much that needs to be done and i think like you said there are some small strides and it's sad that it's not happening quick enough but at this point we're stalling so we need to do things differently um what's really interesting is um so in the organization that I work for at Hilton, for example, they're spending a lot of time in terms of like, you know, really supporting women in getting into those senior leadership roles. But we've come to a stalling point and it's almost like got to the point which is called, I think, gender fatigue, where businesses are invested so much, but they don't really know what they need to be doing differently. And um, so hospitality, for example, you know, you, you work in you've got a hotel you've got a you know director of operations role is the one that leads the operations on the floor but the definition of that role at the moment is being on the floor and constantly visible every single of every moment of every day on a weekend it isn't fit for purpose for someone who has a family and i just see it this will not change for us at hilton unless we reshape the roles and what they mean and what they look like And unless we start to reshape those roles, women will not see it as an option for them to move into. So we're just stalling. We're just literally in a position where we're not getting anywhere. So we need to think differently. I think in terms of how we're we're tackling this beast, which is massive, it's massive.
1: It it is massive and it's all across the world. And I mean, if we even start going beyond the UK and the US and we think about some other cultures that are out there that have been even more predominantly run by men and, We don't even still to this day, see a large number of women in the workplace. It's really a global global issue. It's not just one that's localized. It is a global issue that's gonna take a lot of time and strides, But I think your organization, Tomorrow's Daughter, sounds absolutely amazing. Um, I just love the work that you're doing and the messaging that you're trying to put out into the universe for people and especially for your daughters to grow up and see you doing this work. I think it's just going to inspire them as they get older and they move forward.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's definitely something that I'm really excited about. So hopefully,
1: yeah, Yeah. we'll build a
2: a community of Tomorrow's Daughter throughout the years as as they come. Yeah.
1: That would be amazing. Um, Is there anything, one maybe last piece of advice that you might like to leave for our listeners um, before we wrap up here today? Just maybe some some level of inspiration or hope for them to look forward to? Yeah, God, big question.
2: I think... um, God, there's so much that I would want to share one is put yourself first whoever you are and you know when we talk about gender I'm I'm all about supporting men as much as women I just oh, think absolutely. women need a little bit more support but whoever you are focus on you and what matters mm-hmm. and don't let anyone else dictate what you can do because you know better than anyone else um so that would be my biggest yeah biggest piece of advice
1: That is such amazing advice. And I think, you know, that's something that everyone should really take to heart and just think about themselves and what they can do. Um, Thank you so much for coming on with us today. If our listeners want to get in touch with you or reach out or find out more about Tomorrow's Daughter, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
2: Yeah, sure. So they can just navigate to www. W, did I say three, basically three W's, yeah. <laughs> to moro, to Um, And there's a contact page there so they can just navigate and send me an email directly through that and I'll pick it up from there.
1: So, yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time today and coming on with us. It's an absolute pleasure and thank you so much for having me. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Dr. Heidi podcast. Follow us on Anchor, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. To join Dr. Heidi's community, visit her website at drheidigregorymina.com for additional information on your personal development and business needs. Thanks again for joining us today, and we'll catch you in the next episode.